Do you do you do you feel it in here today? Uh, I, I feel like a I feel an atmosphere in here. It's it's an atmosphere that it's it's a healthy atmosphere. I don't know. I, I feel it in here today. It's it's something. There's something. There's something here, and it was here during prayer this morning. It started already this morning. It was it was it's heavy in here, but it's light. It's heavy, but yet it's light. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if the presence of God feels heavy, but yet makes you feel light. Because I wonder if that's on purpose so that we can feel the weight of his mercy and the weight of his miracles and the weight of his grace. But yet we can feel the lightness of letting go of everything that has penetrated us during the past week, month, year, years. I wonder if he did that on purpose. Because I know in the moments that I need him most is the moments that I feel most heavy. But yet when I feel the weight of his glory and grace is the moment that I feel the most light. I'm telling you, God's going to do something in you today if you'll let him. He has something in store for you today. I, we've been talking about um, the reaping season is now. We just got out of our series in due time. And, and you know, this, this big, like, this, this almost like this, this new motto for 2017. You know, the reaping season is now. The harvest is plenty. Let's reap, you know, kind of thing. It was one of those, like, feel-good series. You know, you have those feel-good things where it's like, that's a feel-good sermon. I can say, you know, the walls are coming down. And amen, you know, it's just one of those things where you want to get on board with what I'm saying. But can I, can I, can I help maybe some of those that have walked Walk through that series with us, and maybe you're sitting in this room today, and maybe you think coming out of in due time and in that reaping season, maybe you think you're sitting in a spot right now where, where the reaping season is easy. Can I just help you to understand that the reaping season might just be the toughest season you ever enter because reaping doesn't happen by itself, but you have to go into the crop to be able to take in what has blessed your crop. You think that planting the seed is the only work. It's actually taking out the crop that is actually the heavy work. You can plant and grow hay. When you cut it down, you got to bale it. Then you got to load it. Then you got to put it in the barn so it dries out. Is that right? Does it have a dry out season? It's got to dry out first. I was backwards. Okay, burn the, yeah, we don't want to burn the barn down. Thank you, Anthony. But the process, the working process comes after, and you see, when you're walking through that reaping season, when you're walking through that season of, of bringing it in, you're walking through a season that is not easy, it's just plentiful. Some of you need to hear this today because you walked away from our past series saying, oh, man, I'm in the reaping season. This is going to be great. And you're skipping away wanting, wanting what you thought you wanted. But yet what you did want to do was go home and open a Lay's potato chip bag and sit down on the couch and watch your favorite show and get some relax time. But what God said was, hey, I need you to get up because I need you to go out. The crop is plenty. I need you to go and bring it in. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to clear it up a little bit because I, want, I wanted to make sure that you understood that the reaping season isn't equally called the easy season, but the reaping season is the plentiful season. So if you're willing to go out to bring the harvest in, then you shall reap. 
I'm telling you, the reaping stories are still coming in, okay? I, I got them this morning. I, I, I literally, the reaping seasons don't, it, the stories are not stopping right now. It's, it's, it's left and it's right. The stories are coming in. But what I hear in every story is that there was always a season where there was struggle. In every story I've heard so far about, yeah, we're in the reaping season. This is huge. God's doing so much. He's pouring out left and right. But there was always that, that period of time where they had to go through a struggle to be able to get to where they are. How many of you, and I want to see your hands. I want you to be honest. How many of you are, right now are in the struggle season? Go ahead. Let's see your hands. Hey, 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 we got a struggle in church right now. This is good. Let me tell you, you're there for a reason. Do not take the struggle season lightly because the struggle season is what's going to take shape and form you into who you are supposed to become. If you do not listen in the struggle season, you will not gain the benefits of the crop. I'm not even into my sermon yet. We're starting a new series today. It's entitled Expansion. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, expand it. Look at your other neighbor. Come on, say, expand it. Expansion, 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 expansion. Oh, this is good. Expansion. In the dictionary, it says the action of becoming larger. Now, I want you to understand something here. There's a very, a very key word in that, and it's it's. Action. Everybody say action. You do not expand without action. You have to take action to be able to get what you want. If you want to expand it, you're going to have to have some action moments in there where you are actually stepping out of the boat that's held you back so that you can walk on the water that God's called you to walk on. And if you do not step out of the boat with the action movement, you will not gain the territory that God has promised you. I feel like a lot of you in this room today are sitting in the boat and God's called you and, and promised you the territory around you. But you've been so held back by the action that you're missing out on what he's promised. And God wants you to know if you want the reaping season, it's there. You just got to have the action. Okay, let's get started. Oh, man, I'm loving this. So today I've entitled my, uh, my, my talk today, Take It back. 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 If you're taking notes, put on the top, take it back. Take it back. Have you ever given something you want to take it back? You ever given money to somebody and after you gave it to them, they acted a little selfishly and you just wanted to take it back? Like, hey, I feel like God's, you know, asked me to give you this $100. Oh, thanks so much. Oh, wait a second. That wasn't as, I thought you were going to cry, you know. <laughs> give me that back. <laughs> you know, you walk into the line and, and you pay for somebody that's there with you and you feel like it's going to be a really good gesture and they kind of just take the food and go back to their seat. And you're like, that's a jerk move. I want him to pay for the meal. <laughs> yeah, have you ever had that moment? I've had this moment multiple times and I'm like, hey, I just want to take it back. That's not the kind of take it back we're talking about today. I want to talk to you today about taking back the thing that the enemy has robbed away from you. <laughs> oh, it's about ready to get real up and hurt. 
How many of you can say in this room that the enemy has robbed you of something in your life by show of hands? Oh, yeah, my hand's high. If I had two, I'd put it up there. There's my nub. Allie thought that was funny. (laughs) Thanks, Al. Appreciate that. The enemy loves to come and take away a piece of you that makes you you. Okay? Now, I want you to hear me on this because this is really important because some of you are in this room, and today you're not the person you want to be because the enemy has robbed you of who you used to be. And you used to be who you wanted to be. But then you gave your life to God, and and everything got great, and then the enemy came in and started to rob away little things that made you you. And now you stand here today, and you don't even really know who you are. Because you're standing here somebody different than what you were. But you allowed the devil to come in and take that. And so now you have to tell the devil you want it back. And this is the moment you take your foot, you lift it in the air with your stretchy jeans. See, that's why I buy skinnies because they're stretchy. All you guys wearing your Levi's and whatnot, they're tight. You ever sat down like try to do this? You can't. Look at this. I've got stretchy syndrome. This is beautiful. I can do squats all day. Stretch, and then you just let it drop. You just, you let it drop. Now, here's the reason. Here, here's the reason. You got to tell the devil, you got to tell the devil who you are. You got to tell the devil who you are, but here's, here's, the, here's the shift. This is where the shift comes in. You don't just tell him, hi, my name's Isaiah Hollis, and I live at 24 Pound Drive. Don't stalk me. Okay? That's not what you do. You tell him, hey, devil. I'm a son of the living, most high God, and I'm here to shake your world. You see, here's the thing. The devil thinks he has a hold of you, and so he thinks it's his world, and he thinks you're living in it. But the thing is, you got to tell him, hey, devil, you're below. See, you're down here, and my God rose up so that he could be on top. And since I am teamed up with him, now you are below. So devil, go ahead and get the underneath my feet because I'm back. And you start talking to him. You start, you start doing this thing. I love talking to the devil. Why? Because I love showing him what I am. I love putting him back in his place. So I, sometimes I'll start with, you know, hey, devil, uh, I'm awake. And, and I just want you to know that everything you thought you could have, you can't. Okay, I'm going to go back and talk to my God now. So, and, and then I'll go back and I'll talk to, 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 to God because I want the devil to know that he has no place here. You can't enter my property. You can't enter my house. You have no weight here. Your words do not mean anything here. What I say is from him, and what he implants here is what I think. So I'm going to protect myself from bringing things in here and here so that you have no way to penetrate me. Now, this is where a lot of us fail because we watch things we're not supposed to watch. We listen to things we're not supposed to listen to, and we penetrate ourselves with things we're not supposed to be penetrated with. And what happens in the long run is we start to taint what God has made us into. And as you taint that, you start to lose who you were. And this is the process. See, as you get tainted, you start to lose that thing where God said, hey, I've set you up, so stay here. But what you start to put inside starts to bring you back to where you were, which is not where you want to be. Is everybody following along? Okay. Okay. 
We're going to jump into Luke 5, verse 1. This is a story we all should know in here. Jesus calls his first disciples. Uh, we're going to start out in, uh, in, in verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets, uh, let the nets down for catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Now, I, I want to go here because this, this story kind of represents the, the, the picture of what I want you to see. Okay? And the picture is that, that these, these men were good fishermen. Okay? They were, they were good fishermen. And they, they had this, this talent that was good. Okay, they were good. And when Jesus came out and said, hey, go out and, and put your nets down again, he's challenging their expertise, okay? Something that they were good at. It'd be like me going and showing Anthony Lewis how to run a backhoe. It doesn't really make sense. We've done this before. <laughs> it was a great day. There was a lot of yelling going on. From him to me. I got it by the end. Well, maybe. I, I thought I got it. But it just doesn't make sense for this man to help these dudes fish. Okay? But he says, okay, listen, if you say it, then we're going to do it. So they go out, they go out, they, they catch the fish, right? Oh, there's a lot of fish, you know, it's breaking the nets, and oh, we got to get ashore. And they get all these fish up ashore. But this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part, and this is why I want to go here. And I know that I just used the story like five sermons ago, but it doesn't matter because I want to go here because I want you to get this point. Then he looked at him and he said, hey, listen, I want you to put down your nets because everything that you know and you've learned and you're good at, I've taught you for a reason but I don't want you to use it in the same way you've been using it. So then they had to make a choice. Are they going to put down what they're good at? To take that same talent and go out and fish for men? Sure, why not? I mean, that, that's pretty easy. And it's a Bible story, so as we're reading it, we're like, well, duh, I would make the same choice. Oh, really? You Really? So you're good at something. You're in a job that has already everything locked away. You got your, uh, your, your retirement plan all scheduled out and everything, and you have another job that a guy says, hey, you need to go there, and you feel the tug of God. You're just going to up and leave that job? Really? It's a little harder when you put it into actual times. 
You see, this is something that was a livelihood for them, and now they just have to drop it and go. But I love that they already knew the trade. God had taught them the trade of catching fish, the, the expertise of getting in that moment where they knew what to look for. And now he says, okay, I'm going to take that same thing and I'm going to transfer you over here. Everything that you learn, now you're going to use it over here. You're going to have to get into different situations. You're going to have to find the good watering hole. You're going to have to find the good spot where they're, where they're eating. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to go where they are. And everything that they knew, God used to transfer them out into a new life. And I have to say this to, to maybe some of you that are sitting in this room where you're in a spot right now where God is calling you. And you feel the call. You feel the call, but everything of your security, everything that's, that's, that, that holds you in that spot where you're at, where it's like this is comfortable, God is calling you and saying, you listen to me and I will provide the rest. Don't fear. Don't fear. I got this. Just give it to me. Put down your net and come. Follow me. Little update on the Hollis home. Uh, my son Roman, last Tuesday, was down in the basement. He followed me down, and I have a lot of irresponsible boys that come over in the morning to work out with me, and. Um, yeah, and uh, one of the irresponsible boys left um, a 45 plate leaning on one of my machines. I don't think it was me. I there's no way it could have been. Um, and so they, he, 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 he pulled it over, and it landed flat on top of his foot. And um, Roman being Roman, you know, <laughs> he cried a little bit, and then he was, he was fine. And, you know, me as a father, I'm like... It's a lot of money to go to the emergency room. I, I, don't, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's that bad. Roman, you know, run, you know, and, and he would run. He would, it, you know, a little hot, but it, he would run. Um, you know, day two came, and I said, babe, you know, we're not going to take him to the emergency room. Let's just hold out. Let's just see. Next morning, he woke up. He had a little bruising, but he was fine. We built a slip and slide in the back. I was chucking him down the slip and slide. He was good. He would run back to me. I'd chuck him down the slip and slide. He was fine. Day three, I didn't even know it was, I, I mean, is it bad? He's not even wobbling. It was fine. He was like, you know, he's, he's, he had a little gangster lean. I thought, babe, you know, I dropped my deodorant on my foot, and I got a gangster lean for like two days. So, you know, it's a 45-pound plate. He's probably, you know, it's just probably still sensitive. Day four, finally day five, it's Father's Day. And uh, after church, we, you know, we went home, and he's, he's hobbling. I said, hey. Do you want to go to the pool? You know, you're always trying to give them options, you know, emergency room or pool. <laughs> you know, do you want to go get a, na a nasty cast on or do you want a pool? He's like, pool. You know, so we go over to the pool and until um, <laughs> we go to the pool. And, uh, and, and he's, he's, got, he's now got his, his katomate foot on. He's like, katomate. You know, he's, he's like doing the air and whatnot. I was like, this is not good. So I looked at Brittany and I said, okay, it's time. It's done. So I took him in. And to, to my surprise, the, the, uh, the waiting room was not packed at all. But when I got there, like five other dads walked in with me. <laughs> and I was like, yo, happy Father's Day. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
we got this going on. It's cool. Um, so, so we, you know, we get x-rays and whatnot, and yes, it's fractured across the top right where the plate landed. And, uh, you know, Brittany saying we shouldn't go to the emergency room was a bad choice. And so, you know, we said no, no, and we're going to get better from here on out. Um, I'm just kidding. It was my choice. Um, but but, but here, here's, here's, here's where I want to go with this. Because five days I, didn't, I really didn't know it was broke. I really didn't. And the doctor's telling me that it's fractured. I said, there's no possible way it's fractured. <laughs> it's been five days. And I'm, I'm an awful father. Um, so they, they booted him up. And, and, and here, here's, here's, here's where I want you to understand. How many of you are getting used to the pain and so, because literally Roman, he wouldn't complain about it. He would just, he would just do his, his, his deal. Like, he would hobble, but there was no complaining. He would never be like, oh, no. I'd say, Roman, how's your foot? Ow. Okay, cool. But, but he, would, he, would, he would do life, and he would, he would just do it with a little bit of a gangster. And I wonder how many of you are in this room, and you've been years on a, on a, on a fractured foot that you should have gotten casted up years ago, but you've chose to live with the pain and now what you're doing is you're causing internal problems. And what's happening over time is it's becoming worse than when you originally did it. And I just, I ask the question because I want you to understand where you're at. There is a fix. We had to get the wee walker for Roman. It's a little boot. A little steel on the sides. God wants to cast you up. And he wants to help you. But if you don't give him yourself, if I would have never taken Roman in, I would have never seen the issue. Now, Roman's a great faker. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Because he's an, according to Stash, he's an animal which he is, he's just a brute. But how many of you are just getting through as an animal, but yet on the inside, you are so torn up? And God is saying, if you'll just come into my emergency room, I can take you, I can mold you and shape you and make you back into who you should be. Take it back. Take it back. Don't, don't let the enemy have an inch. My mom and dad always said that growing up. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd ask to do something, you know, oh, you know, back in the day it was, Mom, can we dye our hair? Hey, we can't let the devil have an inch. <laughs> really? Right? Dude, I'm telling you guys, strict home, okay? Strict home. Browns, let's go all day. Mad respect. Literally, I, the stories between, uh, you know, me and Sarah and the kids, like, it's, like, so matched up. I'm like, Lion King, absolutely not. No way. Power Rangers, of the devil. <laughs> I'm serious. You guys think your parents are strict? You're wrong. You haven't lived a day with mine. Crazy, Okay. I walked into one of our friend's homes one time, and he was sitting on the couch watching Simpsons, okay? Now, Simpsons in my house, and, and listen, I, don't, I would never watch Simpsons to this day, but Simpsons back in the day was literally from the devil's mouth, okay? 
if the clouds came on and it said, the Simpsons, and the clouds spread apart, we had to run away. Okay, like there was no, there was no like, oh, the Simpsons are coming on, change the channel. It was like, oh, my word, the devil's coming in the house. Get it off. So I walked in, I walked into one of our friends' house. We were over there swimming. And the older brother, what a sinner, he was sitting on the couch watching The Simpsons. And I came in just nonchalant, and I walked around the corner. I saw The Simpsons, and I literally hit the floor. And I'm like army crawling backwards to get out of the room so that the devil spirits do not get attached to my body. Guys, I'm serious. I'm serious as a heart attack. We were sheltered hard. If you watch Simpsons, I'm not bashing you. I promise. I'm sorry. It's just the way I was raised. I do have great parents. But what you let come in, what you let come in, what you let come in will change what you have inside. It will change what you have inside. And so if you're having thoughts you don't want to have, (laughs) you're probably seeing things you don't want to see. You allow it. You stop it. First Chronicles 4.10. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Oh, God, enlarge my territory. Oh, God, spread it wider than it's ever been. Lord, I pray that you would take what is and make it better, and make it bigger. Lord, I pray that you would entrust me with more. Lord, I know sometimes I get stressed and I get overworked, Lord, but I pray that you would take those moments and make me into a better man so that you can trust me with more. Power place. We're in a season right now where God is just handing us land. He's just handing us land. Oh, territory? (laughs) Yeah, it's yours. Because it also says in the Bible, every place your foot shall tread is yours. And if you'll walk it, you can own it. Somebody needs to hear this today because you sat down, but you need to get back up. Because if you'll walk it, you can own it. And you just need to get out of your house and start walking it again. Everything that you've been claiming, you need to get out and start walking it again. Because every place your foot shall tread is yours. God enlarge my territory. Every place my foot shall tread is mine. In Jesus' name, God enlarge my territory. Take me where I have not been. Lord, as I, as I go further, as I go into the depths where I have not been yet, God, I pray that you would give me that land. Enlarge my territory. God, every place my foot shall tread is mine. In Jesus' name. Enlarge my territory. 
It's mine. This is, this is mine in Jesus' name. Every place my foot shall tread. It's mine in your name. What are you believing for? What are you standing by? What are you pushing into? Because God wants you to know today that it can be yours as long as you're willing to give the effort of going further. Uh, um, let's, let's put it like this. Um, everybody, when, when, you, when you first moved out of your house and you got your first apartment, okay? You got an apartment, you also bought a car. And then you got those bills in the mail, right? And you had a little bit of responsibility, right? Now, your, your territory had enlarged. You had grown more. You had, you had more possession. You had more things in, in, you know, underneath your name and everything. And your credit score is growing. Now it's not just a 4, but it's a 4.5, okay? This is great. You're doing good. Good job, okay? So now, now you're growing. Now, but automatically when you move out, now your mommies don't pay the bills. Now you have to be responsible for them. So now all of a sudden when that bill comes in, you have to pay it. Now you own a car. Now you get two bills, a renting bill and a car bill. This is weird. All of a sudden when you go to Taco Bell, you have to front the bill. Make sense? Okay, so now you have more responsibility. Yes, your territory has enlarged, but with that enlargement comes more responsibility. I'm saying this because some of you have prayed for some things that you now regret praying for. Your prayer request two years ago are now your <laughs> prayer concerns. Now, okay, y'all laugh because y'all have been there. I've been there. I've prayed for some things. God, make me, make me more of a daring man than I've ever been. God, put me in situations where, Lord, I'm fearful. Well, then I get in those fearful situations. I'm like, God, get me out. I don't want to be here. I hate this. Do you understand that when I was a kid, uh, we traveled full-time, and my parents are abusive, and they would put me on stage and make me sing. And I hated, I hated being in front of people. And I would stand on the stage, and my dad would do the dirtiest thing in the world. He would make me introduce a song. And he said, he said, Isaiah, I want you to introduce this song. And, and uh, it, was, it, it was always, he would always make me introduce, bear ye uh, one another's burdens. I, I hated it, and, and I hated singing it, and I hated introducing it. And every time he would do it, I would spend at least an hour in the bathroom before I would be able to go out on stage. It was awful. And, and so, you know, and he would do this to me, and I, I hated it. I was like, this is awful. And he would always say, listen, you'll thank me for this someday. And now I look back, and I see how God started to push me in different areas where I was so fearful I did not go to Sunday school by myself until I was 11. It's true. I hated being by myself. I hated new people. I hated talking to people. I wanted to go outside and ride something with a motor and be away from people because I was fearful. I wouldn't go to Sunday school. They would say, hi, man, what's your name? I was like, ah! I would just start to cry. And Elijah would have to answer and be like, that's my brother Isaiah. <laughs> and then he would give all the information. And finally, at 11 years old, there was a girl that I liked. And my mom said, you cannot go to her house unless you go to class by yourself. I went to class by myself. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> but I watch, I watch as, as God started to teach me and train me over the years. And how that fear 
then turned into a boldness. And now where I stand today is I can't wait to get on a stage to talk to people because I don't want them to stay where they are. And I can't wait to be up here to help you to get where God wants you to be. And as God instills it inside of me, I just want to speak it to you. And I wonder how many of you are sitting in a place where you can't even go to class by yourself, but God's calling you to speak to the thousands. I wonder how many of you are sitting in a job site that you hate and God says, hey, if you'll just change it to love, I promise you I'll open up doors where you can't close. I'm telling you, God has something for you today. He wants to expand where you are. He wants to enlarge your territory. He wants to take you out. But all he needs from you is a little bit of effort. He needs an action. He needs an action. Look at your neighbor say, I need an action. I need an action. I need an action. Oh, man. Okay, let's, let's go ahead. I'm, uh, Sam, where are you at? Sam, can I get keys? I need keys. Sam, is, did Sam leave the building? Sam, you better not have left. Sam, get on the keys. I need you on the keys. Sam, I love you. Can we just give it up for Sam? Sam kills it. <laughs> Sam is whatever we need him to be. Today, he was a lead guitarist. He's whatever we need him to be. Now he's going to be a keyboardist. He's talented. God's using him. I remember when Sam sat on this drum set, and I was standing in that doorway, and Stosh came and got me and said, Isaiah, can he play on a Sunday morning? And I stood in that, in that doorway as he played on the drums, and I looked at Stosh, and I looked at Sam, and I said, no. <laughs> he wasn't good enough. I said, no, you, your talent level's not there. I said, if you'll practice, we can do it. Yeah, now he plays everything. <laughs> he kills it across the board because he put effort in. You see, he took an action and now is doing and serving in ways that he couldn't serve back then. Maybe some of you aren't conditioned enough. Maybe some of you aren't trained up enough. Well, guess what? God wants to train you. He wants to take you, expand you. He wants to push you in areas that you have not yet been pushed. Okay. Isaiah 54, and I close with this. Verse 1. Sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child. Burst into song. And shout for joy. You who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. I just feel like God wants me to stop right there and speak life into the womb. Wow, that hit hard. If you struggle with getting pregnant, 
This is your year. Jesus, right now, I pray that you would do it. Bring life where there has not been yet. I pray life into that womb. In Jesus' name. of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. In Jesus' name, I declare it on this house that our tent has got to become bigger, that our stakes have got to become stronger, that our cords have got to become lengthened, because in Jesus' name, we are not going to be satisfied with where we are, but we are going to have to spread out because of all that's coming. In Jesus' name. Okay, everybody's standing all over this building. Expansion. Expansion, expansion, expansion. Expansion. If you're one of those uh, with a with 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 a womb healing and you get pregnant, you better tell us. God's gonna do it. He promised it. God's going to do it in Jesus' name. He's growing this church one way or another. Wow. Okay, church. Now you've heard it. Now you go and do it. You take back what the enemy has stolen away from you so that you go and expand what God has called you to. You take back what the enemy has taken away from you so that you can go and do what he's called you to do. You take back what the enemy has stolen away from you so that you can go and do what he's called you to do. He's called you to expand. He's called you to take back territory that has been stolen. He's, call, he's called you to enlarge your territory. He's called you to step out and get a little uncomfortable so that you can step into a season where he's in charge. That's what he's calling you to do today. Every hand raised around this place. Jesus, I pray right now for a tenacity in every single person in this room. Lord, I pray that you would do some things. 
<laughs> today, Lord, that we didn't think possible. Lord, I pray that you would start to strengthen up some hearts and souls. Lord, I pray that you would start to take back and do what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that you would start to um, take them from where they were and start to replenish what they've lost. God, I pray that as they take away the things that the enemy has stolen, Lord, I pray that you would bring them back into full life. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, do it. Do it today. Do it today. Do it today, Jesus.